says, get that India, big boy. Ladies and gentlemen, who's ready for Parramatta to advance to the grand final? Thank you for being in here tonight. My name's Craig. I also ride a 60s on the Cumberland throw. I've got my usual compatriot here, John, also known as 4020. And introducing a man who has 233 NRL games for the Parramatta Eels, four origin appearances. He played in the Eels 2009 grand final team. Ladies and gentlemen, Tim Manor. Cheers. Thanks, guys. Now, just to let you know how things are going to run tonight, we're going to take you up till when the Fox coverage pre-game stuff starts. If it starts as we're wrapping up, if anything comes on on the screen, we're going to jump off the audio, we'll put the audio on on the screen. Same will happen post-match. We don't want you to miss out on anything with the coaches, the players, whatever happens. So the priority is all of you and getting the, the match experience. So, Tim, you're the expert tonight. You've played up in Townsville. You've played in these conditions. And quite a lot has been made of that in this last week, what it, how difficult it's going to be, the heat, the humidity. Can you describe for people what it's like to play in such heat and humidity? Um, yeah, it depends. I've played, I played up there a number of times, and uh, some, some days were worse than others. I looked at the conditions. Yeah, it's hot, but we've definitely had worse games up there in terms of heat. I know Darwin was a hot game as well earlier in the year. Um, I don't think the heat's going to be the major factor tonight. I think it's going to play a part, but the most important part's going to be about possession and who can control the game the best. And if we do what we did last week in terms of starving Cowboys off the ball like we did Canberra, I reckon we'll win tonight. So, basically, the conditions are hard for whoever's playing without the ball. It's as simple as that. Exactly right. And you saw that with Canberra last week. I was... I was saying earlier, I was, I was more nervous last week than I am this week. Um, and the way we won the game last week was that first 20 minutes. We just took all the ball away from Canberra. And by the time they had any ball, they were cooked, they were gassed. And, you know, the floodgates opened towards the end. But if we can do that again in terms of keeping the Cowboys away from possession, uh, you know, make the big boys work hard in the middle in the heat, I think it's going to be a real positive. So what is it about the Cowboys or about Para? that makes you, you know, a bit more confident this week rather than last week? Yeah, well, I think last week, you just never knew with the, with the Raiders. They were coming in with a lot of form. They had a great team. They got a lot of strike around the field. And the, and the biggest thing was they had nothing to lose. And that, that makes you nervous in those games because we had everything to lose. They had nothing to lose. And, uh, you know, there was that stigma of week two. And I thought the boys handled that really well. And to show the, the, the composure they did last week and then to play that game would give them so much confidence over the next, uh, you know, tonight and next week if we go that way. You said possession is key in these big matchups here, Tim, but when you're in these big games, these massive games, especially as a forward, between possession and the conditions, how challenging is that between getting your second win, your third win? What happens when you hit that wall? 
Yeah, I'm a big believer it doesn't really matter what the conditions are. It's all about how the game management goes. So there's some games that you can go... The, like you know, People look at the minutes of the forwards and they think, you know, these guys play big minutes. These guys made a lot of metres. A lot of that's on the back of how the game unfolds. So if you've got a lot of the ball and you know, you're, not, you're not doing any tackles or any defence and you're actually getting to control the ball, it's mm-hmm. so easy. Uh, but on the flip side, there's times where you don't have the ball and you've got to hang in there and stay tough. And the other games that can really drain your energy. Um... I like what we've got. Tonight, I think, is going to be a major, major impact that's going to be coming from the bench for both teams. Uh, big night for both benches. I don't know if we can have our big forwards doing 65 minutes tonight. I think yeah. it's going to be too hard of an ask. So we need those bench players to step up. And you know, guys like Murata, Oregon, they're playing great footy. I've got no doubt that they'll kill it tonight. So if you have those runs of possession against you, what's the talk like on the field? What's the strategy? How do you get back into the contest? It's game management again. So when... You know, we saw it, um, you know, I watched a couple of games. There was a game last week. Who did he play last week? It was uh, South and Cronulla. Oh, yeah. yeah, and there was, a, there was a, um, a number of sets that, are, oh, sorry, it was actually the week before Canberra played Melbourne. And Canberra had to defend their line for 10 minutes, and that would have taken so much gas out of them. But they survived that with the fans, and then when they had the ball, they scored twice straight away, and that would have given them so much confidence. And you hear commentators say it quite a lot, but that's, it's actually a true fact that a lot of games are won on the back of that. If you can show that resilience on your trial line, turn them away, turn them away, they lose confidence because they can't score, and you go down the other end and score a try, it changes the game. So, uh, the other factor, too, that's come into it is we're playing away. Playing at a, in a 25, 26,000 stadium where the number of Eels supporters is going to be minimal. What, is it, what sort of advantage does such a home crowd give to a team? Is it possible to put points on it or does it just not affect the players at all? Uh, uh, I reckon the, most, the biggest advantage on that is the referee. You know, the referee probably feeling a bit of heat from the home crowd and that's... You're not saying that a ref could be influenced by a home crowd, I can't, No, no it's, not the, it's not that they're influenced, but the crowd uh, point out a lot of things to the refs. They notice things a bit more with the home crowd. Yep. So it's never on purpose, but it just, you know, the home crowd will keep going and going until they get a result. Yep, yep. Well, you know, we get it here as well. No, we never do that. <laughs> the home crowd never does it. But to answer your question, you know, as a player, it's just a, it's a weird feeling. But when you're on the field, it doesn't matter whether you're playing Parramatta, Cowboys, whether you're playing in front of... 100,000 people in front of 100 people. Um, it's, when you're on the field, all you're seeing is that grass, that field there, and the rest of it kind of becomes obsolete. So I think I'm pretty confident that we can get a job done even regardless of where it is. But can I ask you, in all of your career, was there a ground that you did hate playing at because of the crowd? Because of the crowd? Yeah. Ooh. Um... No, mainly were harmless. Pen- Penrith were a bit of a rough crowd. Penrith, maybe... Um, the Tigers at Leichhardt, the, their fans love to boo for an offside. The Raiders were very vocal. Yeah. Uh, but my favourite crowd experience was in Origin. Uh, my first state of Origin up in Suncorp Stadium. I got substituted off behind the goalposts. So I had to walk up to the corner post and around the field, back to the bench. And it was almost like every single supporter felt it was their duty to spray me. So it was like, as you walk past every person, I, I loved it. It was really good. <laughs> well, you know, back in the day, they wouldn't just spray you with their words. They'd be spraying <laughs> you with their cans, throwing the cans on. <laughs> yeah, no, I didn't get any of that. But uh, like I said, it's 
it's just part of the game, mate. We our fans are passionate as well. Every it's it's why you love the game, you know that that home ground, you know, advantage. The and I think where the real advantage is is a familiarity. Like the you come into the sheds and you know it's your it's your home. You've been there before. You're comfortable there. Um, going to Townsville is a long trip. Yeah, um, it's it's a long flight. Uh, different weather conditions. Um, different different environment. So. It's, it is a tough ass, but you know, we look at our record up at Darwin, that's a long trip as well, and our record there is awesome. So I know this year wasn't the best, but we've, we've had really good success up there, and that's a long trip, that's humid, it's very similar to Cowboys. Um, so, yeah, our boys have shown, especially the last couple of years, that they can handle that travel really well. What, what was your preference when you played? Would you prefer to go up there, like fly in, fly out, like on the day? Would you prefer to go up a day before, a couple of days before? Was it possible to acclimatise or, you know, what what was your take on that? Um, I wasn't too fast. I, I do like my routine. So I like my game day to be pretty routine. And um, so in that in that way, I guess my response would be that at least the day before the game. So you can kind of wake up game day, do your normal preparation for a game and not have to change it to fly in or fly out. So I, I take my hat off to the boys that played during COVID and all that travel on game day. It would have really knocked, knocked me around when I was playing. Um, but... I think, you know, for me, I think ideal, the ideal way is to have that same situation every week. So if you can do the day before a game, I think that's the best way to do it. Because I, I have this theory that our eels play better when they're keeping to routine. And, and I don't mean, like, enforced, um, like, changes where we're going up to Townsville or, or flying in a state or, or when COVID hit and we, were, we had to play under different conditions... What I mean is, I don't think we've ever gone well when we go into camp or change too much of the routine, even even things like captain's runs uh, away from Kellyville. Um, is that is that my imagination or, or would that be a fair call? Um, oh, you'd know better than me now. You probably watch the boys train more than, more, definitely more than I do. Um, <laughs> I don't know... Yeah, I, th- I think that's a bit of a coach's uh, superstition. You know, yeah, they they win one week and they try to copy the same thing the next week until it fails, and they try something else. Um, a coach is more superstitious than players. Oh, I, I think so. You know, I think um, you know coaches they like to do whatever works the week before. They try to copy that again, and that's why you really see a, a winning team change because they know that, that seventeen did it the week before. Even though there might be another player coming back in the side, they are resistant to bring them back in. Um, I think. I think the the good teams, you know, like the you know the, the world the world drilled sides can kind of put to one side and can't, can't to mentalise um, the the difference between you know preparing for a game and once you cross the line of game day, get the job done. Tim, you were of course a massive part of that incredible run in two thousand and nine. Corresponding time back then, you were preparing for a game against the Canterbury Bulldogs. We've heard some players actually refer to this game, the, the grand final qualifier, as the game that got to them more psychologically than the grand final. Can you walk us through your thoughts, your emotions, that of your teammates in those, I suppose, special circumstances? Yeah, well, I, I still talk about it today, that that was my favourite game I've ever played in my career. I know mm. it was early in my career, but it was still my favourite game. One of the reasons being was the way they split the crowd up. Yeah. I don't know if you remember. Yeah. But they, I, I always yeah, refer back so you, to that too. And we didn't know they were doing that. So you came out of the tunnel and you literally saw the stadium split in half. One half was blue and white, one half blue and gold. Can I just share something with you, Tim? This man there, sitting there at the front in the glasses, he's my mate Rob. Now, he actually queued up for tickets. And 
this was, you know, before going online to get them. And he was told, this spot here, if you get tickets here, this will be a really good place to view the game. Can you guess what part of the stadium we sat in? In the middle of the blue and whites. In the middle of the blue and whites. <laughs> so, so we were watching all the fun and festivities after he has won. Yeah, and right. you're jumping in there with all the Parramatta crowd. And we're over the other side of the field thinking, Dodging bullets. Yeah, yeah. Well, like I said, it was, it was, a, it was a tour pro game as well. You know, it was, a, it was yeah. And people forget the Bulldogs were really good that year as well. Mm-hmm. They were a solid side. Um, I still remember, I don't know if you guys were the Titans game the week before that, mm-hmm. and the crowd was chanting, bring on the Bulldogs, with like 15 minutes ago. They, they were, everyone was more excited about the Bulldogs game than they were you know, the grand final. Um, and the other thing about you know, the, the difference between the grand final energy and the, and the energy of a prelim, grand final, yeah, a lot of fans go there, they don't support either team, they, just, they want to be part of the experience. Yeah. Whereas that prelim final, every it's single person in that crowd was, was lock, barricaded Locked in for those two yeah, teams, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I was, I was going to ask about that, that sort of difference between a, a prelim and a grand final because there were some people who were talking on, um, on the media and they're saying um, there's a lot of tension with, with all of that. And it, is it, if you actually get through to the grand final, is some of that tension relieved? Um, grand final week is special. Grand final week... It's a bit of a blur because there's so much going on there. You, you know, the breakfast and the dalliums and the lunches and so much happening in grand final week. Um, and Daniel Anderson's advice was just enjoy it. You know, don't yeah. try to get too serious. Don't try to think about the game too early. Just enjoy all the festivities that come. And then when it's time to focus, we'll, we'll switch on. Um, so it was a really special week. I enjoyed it. Um, what was the best part in, of, of a grand final week? Grand final, the best part of it... Uh, I think it was, to be honest, it was 24 hours after we won against the Bulldogs. It was just knowing we're going to the grand final. We enjoyed that. Um, but there's a lot of similarity. Like, I actually think, in many ways, this, one, this team is probably better than the team that we had in 09. Uh, and two, they're, they're, not that we fluked 09, but 09, halfway through the year, we're coming second last. And then we just got on a, a, a ride of momentum, which is what made me nervous about Canberra last week because they had that similar signs of what we yeah. had. Um, but then, you know, we kind of would surprise everyone that we were there I think this team's worked really hard to earn the earn the spot in this game and that's why I'm pretty confident tonight because it's not I actually feel like Cowboys have fluked it more than we have to be here like I think Cowboys um, are probably more shocked to be in the position that they're in we've been building to this for a number of years they're um, they're there probably a year or two early we were speaking to um, our mate Spiro who um, he's uh, one of the, the 2GB media people and he joins us on our midweek podcast and he was talking about um, a conversation he had with Piggy Riddell mm. and it related to the 2005 preliminary final that the Eels lost to the Cowboys and he said the night before a lot of the boys had got together and they were watching the Tigers and St George fully expecting St George to win because the Eels and St George were like, you know, top of the table throughout the year. And, of course, the Tigers won. And the conversation, unfortunately, started to turn to, we got this. You know, like they started jumping a week ahead. Yeah, yeah. So, as a player, number one, obviously, I mean, it goes without saying that players should always look at what's the immediate job at hand. But if you're playing the second final, like uh, like uh, the Rabbitohs are with the Panthers, 
is there ever a risk that they look at the first game, say Power and Cowboys, and, and start thinking ahead? Well, yeah, yeah, the answer is yes. But I think, um, I think that the, the fact that we beat Canberra last week is a good sign because that was the game that we've fallen over. You know, we thought Canberra beat Melbourne. How good is that? We've dodged Melbourne. And then they're the games you can kind of be um, complacent. But the boys handled it really well. Um, I think it's been a real positive that first week loss. You know, if you said at the start of the year, all you have to do is beat Canberra and Cowboys in a grand final, you'd be laughing. Um, so we've got a pretty good run to the grand final. I don't know if we'll ever get an opportunity as good as this in a very long time. So it's actually, I've got a really good feeling this could be our chance. Yeah, Melbourne are out, Roosters are out. Um, I'm, we're not, I'm not worried about Penrith. South are starting to look a bit busted. Uh, so really, you know, you get past this hurdle and anything can happen. Now, the, um, the Cowboys, uh, first half of the season, they were averaging, I think it was less than 12 points a game against them. Um, the last, uh, last half of the season, well, the last 14 games, that jumped up to around 19 points uh, per game. Uh, they conceded the 30 points against the uh, Sharks in the, in the preliminary final, even though they won. You said maybe they're getting, um, like, I think you said South were getting a bit rusty. What about the Cowboys? Yeah, I, I, I want to be careful. There's no Cowboys fans here, I don't think, so I can talk pretty openly. <laughs> um, I said at the start of the finals, I thought Cowboys and Cronulla both overachieved this year. Yes. Yeah, I had great seasons, but I couldn't see either of them winning the competition. Um, and that's with all due respect. You know, they've done a good job to have the seasons they've had, but I'm still not convinced either one is a, is a threat to win the comp. And... Um, you know, I think we've ended up on the right side of the draw playing them because it's a really good opportunity. Tim, it's uh, just over an hour till we get to kick off in this big game, which means Team Wiss are about to lock in in about two minutes. Tom Opacic is out, obviously. Bailey Simons is being drafted into centres. There was a lot of discussion about the best solution to replace Opacic in case that hamstring wasn't good enough. You happy if Bailey coming to the team, mate? Or would you have gone a different way? No, I like it. You know, I know some fans probably would have thought Murata should, should go there, but. Like I mentioned earlier, more than ever, our bench is going to be so important tonight. And, you know, Murata and Oregon offer that impact and experience off the bench. And if we had to use Murata at centre, then you all of a sudden you're dipping into Makatoa. So you've got two young front rolls come off the bench and it's a risk in the, in the weather. You know, if we go that first 20, 30 minutes without much ball, you need those guys to step up. And I'm a lot more comfortable with Murata coming off the bench at the moment than Makatoa. Like just, just on Murata, um, and I want to throw... Um, read into this as well I reckon it's fair to say they're starting to hit their better form now at, at the end of the season I think both of them had some indifferent form throughout the early part of the year they're both moving on is was it a case now of it's it's getting close to the end and the focus is sharper for the job that has to be done well you can argue that you know uh, Oregon's playing better now as well um Papa Lee's obviously always playing well. So, like, a lot of our key guys, like key guys that are leaving next year, are playing some good football. So, it was good that it wasn't a distraction that they're leaving, but uh, it just rubs in a little bit more that we're going to lose that talent. Yeah. We've made it, myself and Sixties have made a big deal about how this game is as much on Parramatta focusing on their strengths as it is taking away from the Cowboys' strengths on the other side. How do you see Parramatta winning this game? We talked about controlling possession. Is it as simple as the forwards doing their job? 
then your halves and playmakers come into it? Or are there game breakers you're looking to go to if the game is on the balance? Well, I'll flip that question around to you. Where, where do Cowboys win this game? I, I, I don't know if they've got the strike or the X factor to, to win these big games, the Cowboys. Or they've got a very balanced side across the field. But mm-hmm. there's no one there that you're, you're terrified of. There's no one there that, you know, there's no um, Latrell Mitchell. There's no Tedesco. Um, you know, there's no Melbourne Storm superstars. So you know, they, they've got a balanced side, but I'm not too worried about them. Like, you've got to ask the question back to them. Like, where, where's their point to come from? That, that, that is 100% fair. It's a good question. So uh, then my question to you is, because you've played against him, mm-hmm. how tough is it to contain Talmalolo? Yeah, he's tough. He's very tough. I don't think he's got the help that he used to have. Yeah. Um, you know, I remember we used to play against him. He used to have... Every kickoff was Matt Scott, James Tamau, Tom Lalo. So by the time Tom Lalo came around, you know, he's had two big boppers, you know, rattle you. Um, I know McLean's big, and I know Cotter's a, a great player too, but I, you know, those two bookends used to be the Australian front rollers, you know, in Matt Scott and Tom, uh, James Tamau. So he's doing a lot more on his own at the moment, and you can see he's carrying a bit of the team, so uh, he's very dangerous. The reason why he's dangerous is not only because of his size, but also because of his footwork, you know, and Usually you're one or the other. Like if a Burgess boy runs at you, you, you know, you brace for it and you take your medicine and make the tackle. Whereas, you know, if he runs at you, you can't really brace for it because he's got that footwork to end up. Make you look silly. And, and it, it seems like Todd Payton's increased, deliberately increased his workload out there. And it was uh, led to a little bit of conflict last year where he was like basically publicly saying he expected more from him. Has it been uh, short-term pain for long-term gain, do you think, that, that relationship between coach and, and player there? I don't know if he's, um, if he's changed much this year compared to last year. You know, I think he's, he might be playing more minutes, but he's, his out, output's pretty similar. You know, his metres gained, his, his hit-ups numbers, they're all very similar to last year. So um, in many ways, they're just being a bit more efficient with the way they use him. He's out there a bit longer, but they're not making him do the... 250, 300 metres anymore. It's kind of go out there and be efficient and when you do run it, make it important. Score a trial like he did against Cronulla. Uh, make those special special plays. And certainly we're not counting our chickens before they hatch but the reality is that if we do win through, there's still one more game to play which means it's Penrith or South Sydney on the other side of the draw. Looking at that matchup, what do you make of those two teams? Who's going to be in the grand final, hopefully opposite the Parramatta Eels? I, I get excited when I think about that because I just got to... Yeah, it's my gut feeling. My gut feeling we're going to win tonight. My gut feeling we're going to win next week. But I think I can't see South beating Penrith. I just think without without Walker, with Havili busted, uh, no Burgess. Um, you know, they're, they're you know dry arrows in, in a bit of pain. They're coming into this limping, whereas you know Penrith are as fresh as daisies. So I, I think Penrith will take care of them, which sets us up with a battle of the West Grand yeah. Final. And I'm not scared of Penrith at all. You know, I think. Yeah, they, they're they're very scared of us. You know, they 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 lost to us twice this year, and you know, in many ways, that that first week of the finals was a bit of a blessing in disguise. You know, it gives them that false sense of security. But uh, we were right in that game until Mitch came off. Mm-hmm. Until you know, there was a few drop balls, but other than that, we were toe to toe with them. Um, and I, I'm a big believer, and that's why I said earlier on air that whoever lost that first week of Penrith and Parrot will probably go on to win the comp because. One, you end up on the easier side of the draw, so you're, you know, you're playing Canberra Cowboys. But the other thing is, it's so hard to beat a good team twice in three weeks. You know, you saw last year South Sydney beat Penrith that, first exactly week, right. lose yep. the grand final. Um, you saw South a couple of weeks ago 
lose that last round of the season, win the week one of the finals. Um, yeah, 2009, I point out to us in the Dragons. Correct. Yeah, two weeks in a row. It's so hard to back up and play that level of footy and beat the same quality side two weeks in a row because everyone learns lessons, comes back better. The one the side that wins leaves a bit too cocky, too arrogant. Uh, I'm really confident if we win tonight and we get Penrith that we'll get the job done. Now, I just want to throw a, a, a few statistics to you and, and see how, sig- how significant you believe that they are and whether they will contribute to the result. So offloads. Parramatta sits first on, for average offloads in the NRL. 13.8 average. The Cowboys sit ninth at 9.2. Is that a significant advantage in the way the games are played? Yeah, but those numbers don't mean much unless it happens tonight. You know? yep. So we've got to, it's nice for us to have those numbers, but we've got to make sure our boys are doing it tonight. Uh, and just playing footy and not getting, yeah, not getting stuck in the trap of, you know, getting lost in the occasion and, and putting the ball under their arm and not playing footy. Um, it is a good stat. Uh, what's the, what's the meters gain stat? Do you have that? Who's got more better meters? Sorry, who's the better meters? Meet, better meters. Um, so, I heard an interesting stat. Yeah, the average run meters. Yeah. Um, so, oh, let me just double check on that. So the, the, it's a good stat to have. So they they say. The, the most comprehensive stat... The most predictive stat, yeah. Of who wins a game mm. is whoever has more run metres in that game yeah. will go on to win the game. Because possession is usually quoted as Which the, the, the yeah. king stat, but Which goes running, yeah. running metres is the most correlative stat towards statistical dominance to a W next to your name. If I, if I had to guess, looking at our sides, I'd say we make a lot more metres than they do. They're very close. Are they? Yeah, so North Queensland sits second in the NRL for average run metres at 1,629 average run metres per game. Parramatta sit third at 1,604. There you go. So there's nothing nothing in in the run metres at all. I dare say a lot of theirs comes from their back five because our um, our forwards, we we churn through metres, so we've got a really good track record when it comes to metres in the forwards. But like I said, it all comes back down to the night. Those stats are all pretty and, and great to have throughout the season. If we can have more run metres tonight, you know, we, go, we might give ourselves a bigger chance to win. Well, well, ma- I was going to say, maybe... Uh, I think Mitch Moses delivers a, a significant advantage with his kicking game. Absolutely. And uh, just in, in relation to that, the Eels' average kick metres there uh, sits them first in the NRL for average kick metres, and the Cowboys sit eighth. Now, there's about 50 metres difference per uh, average per game... But that still, I think, speaks to the overall excellence of Mitch Moses and the long kicks. Yeah, it's not just his long kicks, which are great, but that's, that's the game management I speak about, about possession and territory. But it's also his short kicking game. You know, you look at um, how many times we've had a set that hasn't been much on and then come last tackle, we'll come up with a repeat set or a try assist through his kick. I reckon that's invaluable. Like, you know, that, that right there, it can get you out of trouble you know, nine times out of ten and... Even look back at the um, the times, you know, we beat Penrith this year on the back of Mitchell's kicks, you know, that big bomb that allowed Dylan School to try. Um, you know, games can be won and lost. You know, he clearly beat us two weeks ago through his kicking game. So to have someone like Mitchell that can, you know, have that kind of impact on a game with, you know, the boots of ball is so valuable. And the com- area, I was just going to say, the area where I think the Cowboys do have a significant statistic, statistical advantage is in dummy half runs. So... They sit second in the NRL at 122 metres average per game. We're half of that. 
that, that comes back to Tim's idea about the back three, I think. Yeah. Getting heavily involved out of dummy half and doing the yeah, right so work. we swap that for our big boys that get back and, and take those runs. So I wouldn't get caught up in the dummy half runs as a stat. Um, yeah, I like when Gutho gets in there. Like, I think... That's on the back of a quick, quick play. Yeah. You know, when we play that fast, solid play the ball, when Gutho gets to the back of that, he's very, very damaging. Now, going back to that idea of running meters being king, Craig asked you about Jason Tamalolo, but close to the home... You played with Junior Barlow and against Reagan Campbell-Gillard. Did you know that both those young bulls would aspire to the heights they've gotten to when you played them as youngsters or younger yeah. boys? Well, I played with RCG in, uh, in City Country as well, I think. Um, but, you know, Junior was always touted to be a great player. We knew from a young age. Um, the club was telling us from, from a long time ago to keep it aligned him, take him under your wing. And he's been, mate, he's been amazing. And I don't think he shocked anyone because, like I said, it was always something that everyone knew about. Ricky Stewart knew about it. That's why he took him back over exactly, there. Exactly, yep. We yeah. knew about it. That's why we brought him back over. Um, he's, a, he's a really good character and uh, someone that everyone loves playing alongside and he, he really lifts the boys around him. Yeah, men that big shouldn't have feet that light as well. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Tim, we're just about at that time now where we're going to get the tips because the, uh, the Fox coverage is, uh, kicks in at 7 o'clock and we want to make sure that the people here get their broadcast coverage. So going to put you on the spot now obviously you're going to tip Parramatta to win yeah have you got a rough score line or a margin that you think we win by I think I think it's a close game and then we blow them out the last 20 minutes like we did last week so I'm going 13 plus let me give you a score though I reckon we're going to win 30 points to 12 so I think that's actually the score, something like the score I tipped during the week, wasn't it, John? Uh, really? He's in the, in the ballpark of where we both tipped. I went 34-14, and were you... I th- think I was 32-12. 30, 30, 32-12, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. All on the same page. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, of course, we have our man the match, or pre-man the match, that we sort of look to, the key player that's going to have the most influence. Parramatta, big forward pack, dynamic playmakers. Who have you got your eye on as the key player among all the key players? Uh, I, I still think our premiership hopes rest in Dylan Brown's hands. You know, Dylan Brown's been the, the, the key to our season, and you talk about how good Mitchell's been. Uh, Dylan's allowed that to happen. You know, if, if Dylan didn't step up, you know, the rest of the team kind of is, has a missing hole. I think he's been outstanding, and I think the club needs to do everything they can to keep him here. First try scorer? Um, I reckon Walker Blake. So I think we're getting the wrap-up. <laughs> start, start playing the music Kick us off stage Righto It's the, the Oscars Where's yeah, the, yeah. the music here Ladies Mate. and gentlemen Thanks guys uh, Enjoy we're just the night a, Just about to start How about a round of applause For Tim Manor <laughs> So we're going to leave you With the uh, broadcast coverage now We'll be back after the game How good is that? We're into the grand final! I hope, I hope there's no kids in here because yeah! So, we're now gonna take you into our post game. Steve. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, a round of applause for Steve Eller. Steve Eller, Premiership winner. Let's go. Who lost a few years of their lives just then in the last five minutes? 
<laughs> so, ladies and gentlemen, we're in the grand final. It's a long time coming, but we're there. So we're going to take you through what we can right now. I know everyone's excited, and we will cut. We will cut to any interviews. John. Parramatta Eels 24 over North Queensland Cowboys 20. They made us sweat, ladies and gentlemen. They made us worry, edge of the seats, but they held on. Matt, I'm, I'm not ashamed to say I was just crying then. That was, that was everything. That was the most wonderful game of football I think I've seen in a long time. So courageous from our team. Steve, can you take us through the emotions that the players would be feeling right now. Oh, right, right now they'd be ecstatic, they'll be excited, they'd be relieved. And uh, they, they, that was a tough battle for them and they, um, they hung in there, so yeah, well done. So what, what happens from here? How quick, do you have to, how quick do you have to focus? How much time do you allow yourselves to celebrate? Celebrate tonight, back to work tomorrow. <laughs> That was a torrid contest. The conditions obviously testing. Cowboys left nothing on the field themselves. Where did the Eels win it and lose it tonight, mate? What was the difference in that four-point victory? Uh, we were up against it right from the start. They, they got all the calls. They were offside. We got, they got all the six against. They got most of the penalties. It was a tough battle for us. And um, the good thing about our team, they just hung in there. If you hang in there, you win games. And they hung in there. First half was pretty... Pretty harsh, not a lot went our way. You said to me, mate, we're, we're hanging in there. We are still in this game, despite how the calls were going. You said, full credit to the Cowboys, they weren't making mistakes. Um, they, they were possibly the better team in the first half because of uh, that, that control. So what, what changed for us in the second half? Well, Cowboys still played great, they were terrific. But we hung in there. We just we're in, we're in the fight the whole time. We didn't give up. Give up. We kept kept competing on every play, and that's what, that's the most important thing. Half line, twelve all. Eels go down to the two point penalty goal into that try. How confident were you that we could come back? Did, were you oh, confident the boys had it in them? Oh, always confident because they. they, they they worked all, all year to get where they got to, so they weren't going to let it go easy. So, like I said, you hang in there, you, you in the, hang in the fight, you, you get on top, and they, they hung in there. Couple of couple of controversial calls <laughs> in that first half. The um, where Mitch Moses was held out at dummy at, at the marker uh, try there. Um, what was your take on that? Thought the bunker got it wrong every time. Yeah, it was... Every call went against us, and we, we just had to, had to dig deep. We certainly didn't get any favours from the bunker tonight. I'm not sure who was in there. John, have you got who was in the, uh, in the bunker? Twas. Was it uh, Jared Sutton? Andrew... G Adam G, sorry. Adam G. Adam G, okay. Yeah, now it's... I guess what we have to say is it takes a very <laughs> strong-minded team when you've got... Things that aren't going your hey, way. Oh, hey! A few things that don't go your way. You stay focused. You stay in the game. 
What's your thought about the Eels' headspace in this game? Oh, look, they're, they're excited right now. They're, they're, um, they're starting to think about next week. So that, that's the important thing, think about next week. I suppose now we start to look forward. We, we dare to dream. You said that you got one day to start celebrating, then it's back to work, nine days to the grand final. Who are Parramatta going to play next week? Is it going to be South Sydney or North, uh, North Queensland? I, I, I South it, Sydney or Penrith? I hope it's South. You hope it's South? We can beat South. Mm-hmm. Everybody thinks we can't, but we, 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 can, we can beat Penrith as well. Hey, we, uh, I'm not sure if we're still getting a mixture of the uh, the TV coming through or, or not here, but... Um, we're definitely competing. Sounds like we are. Yeah, we're going through. We're just competing. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, after this week... We talked about, you know, settling straight down into it. What's what's their focus now? Will they get together? Will they watch the other game? Or will they not worry about that? They just go about their own preparation now. Oh, it's all up to the coach. Whatever the coach wants them to do, they'll do. And we spoke to Tim Manor before the kickoff about the preparation for a grand final week. His reference is obviously 2009. You were part of a couple more grand final weeks. Psychologically, how do you prepare personally? What, what do you go about doing? Well, you, treat, you, you treat it like another game. You prepare exactly the same. You do everything exactly the same. You don't change anything. You do, what, you do what's got you there. And, that's, and you just concentrate on what and, you do best. And I suppose that's the important point of emphasis because you've just played six months of football, of regular season football, nearly another month of finals football. You got there by doing what makes you a good team. So the emphasis has to be on focusing on what you can do as a team. It's what you do best. It's what your team does best. You concentrate on that. If you start doing things new, you get confused. So you just keep doing the basics, do it well, train hard, and uh, prepare yourself best you can. Steve, it's uh, (laughs) fair to say it's emotional and it's kind of hard to process (laughs) everything that happened in front of us there. But we've, we've talked about the team effort. We've talked about some of the big and controversial moments. Who did you have as your best on field? It doesn't have to be singular player. It doesn't have to be a positional group. Who who were your best, let's say, three or four players in this game, mate? Oh, um, Sean Lane was outstanding. And Ryan Madison was outstanding. Red Dragon was outstanding. So I, think that, oh, I, I like those three shout That'd be my top three. Yep, they're yeah. very, very strong picks. It's pretty hard to go past those forwards, isn't it? You yeah. know, like the, the foundation was really laid. The the halfbacks were, I, I guess that Cowboys line speed was shutting down what Moses and Dylan Brown were trying to do. They were offside. Yeah, <laughs> they were offside all night. But, and that's and I guess that's uh, one of those things with the the fast line speed in this day and age that refs allow pe- teams to go early. And it's not so much they stand offside, but they jump early. Steve mentioned it about playing to your strengths and what makes you a great team. But one thing I loved out tonight is that the Eels didn't back down from going to Sean Lane. The Cowboys were shooting, they were being aggressive, but they still turned the ball to him and let him get downhill and be a difference maker. <laughs> to those, of it, those people listening at home, it, it's absolute chaos in here. <laughs> Jack's bar there's, and grill, yeah. There's lots of photos being taken, there's lots of hugs and, and uh, cheering going on. So it's, it, it is, I can only imagine what it's going to be like here next I, week. I, it's, uh, and I, I yeah, this is one of those beautiful are... times in Eels history. <laughs> Go Farrell. Yeah, whether you made the uh, trip to Townsville, you'll hear Farrell East Club or watching at home. I hope it was an absolute blast watching the Eels outlast the Cowboys because that was a heroic performance.
You know, one thing, one thing we, as, as players, we don't get to see this. This is so cool. This is, what, this is the reason why we do it. What a, what a cool point made there by Steve, just talking about how when you're on the field away from these sort of venues, you don't get to see the immediate reaction. So Steve, just offering some cool insight there as a former player, a former great. Mate, I'm now at that position where I can't hear a word. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, I, mate, I think at this stage, I think we might wrap it up with, with how everything is. I think that might be the sensible thing to do, ladies <laughs> and gentlemen. <laughs> and, and, and make sure chaos. you celebrate to the utmost tonight. Enjoy the win. Enjoy the 24-20 victory. The Parramatta Reels are going to the 2022 NRL Grand Final. Go, you Eels!